It's said the change is the only constant. But South Dakota is stuck, continually revisiting concerns that really aren't that concerning to most people in our state, while real needs remain unmet. Our smartest and brightest leaving for greener pastures. We can change that. Welcome to Change Agents and the Power of We. Welcome to The Power of We, brought to you by Change Agents of South Dakota. I'm Rick Novi. These days, you can't help but pick up uh, the news, paying attention to the radio, television, or the newspapers, and not read some stories about what's happening with our planet, our climate, our weather. And uh, as we're recording this uh, today, uh, Montpelier, Vermont, is uh, flooded, over-flooded. Uh, down in Phoenix, Arizona, temperatures of 116 degrees uh, today. Wildfires still burning in Canada. And out in California, the ground is shifting underneath homes in, in that state. And we've had our share of drought, although we did get a little bit of rain here recently, which is helpful. Uh, today, we're going to spend a little time talking about our planet and what's happening with it and what we uh, maybe can and should be doing about it. Uh, joining us, uh, we have Arlene uh, Brandt-Jensen, and she is with SODAC 350. Linda Stensland uh, is a former South Dakota legislator, and she was one of the pioneers on environmental issues in the state of South Dakota, both with groundwater and recycling. And uh, Pete Travers, Dr. Henry Travers, is with us. Uh, he has uh, been involved in numerous medical issues and stuff over the years, and uh, we're going to spend a little time talking about us and the planet. Uh, Arlene, let's start with uh, talking with you. The the group that you are with was part of a coalition, part of a group that put together uh, a sustainability plan, which was, which was submitted to the mayor recently. He took that plan and his staff changed it drastically and cut back on numerous things in it. And I want to talk a little bit about two or three things that, that you folks submitted and what the mayor's plan or mayor's framework is probably, that's the language he's using. What are some of the differences? Pick out two or three things that will give us a sense of what the differences are. Okay, well, the sustainability steering committee that the city had put together, and we were represented on that committee by our chair, Michael Heisler. They worked very hard and came up with 71 action items. Um, those were well thought out, crafted, and, and they worked hard on those. One kind of huge difference from the 70, the draft of 71 to the 38 action items at the mayor's framework was the word climate is totally missing. It's, it's like, if we don't say it, maybe it's, it's going to go away. It's going to get better, right? But no, climate change is happening, and we can't put our heads in the sand and think it's not there. Do you have any idea why they took the word climate out of a sustainability plan? I, you know, political pressure, pressure from others, I, I can't say that for sure, but... Okay. It is. It does seem a little strange when, you know, the original plan from March 2022 was called Sustainability and Climate Action Plan, and now we can't even have the the word in the in the action items. Okay, let's go to a couple of things that 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 
you want to point out here? One thing is the Sustainability Advisory Board was removed. I, we believe that the creation of a citizen-led sustainability advisory board, just like there's a public waste advisory board, that should be a, a, a given in a city this size. Yeah, the city has committees covering just about everything. There's a park board, a library board, a health board, a transportation board. Uh, there's a capital improvements committee, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's lots of opportunities for citizen participation. And you're saying it's not in this deal. No, the new framework has that removed. It's gone. So that's that's a huge one, we think, that we need citizen input uh, in in amongst the other sustainability employees, of which there are very few in this city. Um, We believe that should you know should not have been removed okay a couple more please. okay a couple more um the the steering committee worked long and hard to discuss the iecc energy codes they proposed to bring the codes to 2018 right now sioux falls is following the 2009 codes. Those codes are updated every three years. We're already several generations behind. You know, next year is going to be 2024, and we're still looking at proposing to get to the 2018 standards. Um, Those codes are, that was gone in the framework. The framework just says, utilize existing energy codes. Well, obviously you're utilizing an, an energy code, we're talking about we need to update the energy codes to make it state to of make the art. it state of the art to make it current with our peer cities in the area. Okay, okay, okay. Those are two good ones. That's two good ones. Um, I'm going to draw Linda Stensland into this conversation. Uh, Linda, when you served in the legislature, you were kind of a uh, a committee of one that's probably starting off. Uh, dealing with environmental issues and and groundwater in particular, and then also recycling. How do you see this issue in Sioux Falls and sustainability unfolding in comparison to some of the experiences that you had when you were in the legislature? It's interesting, Rick, because at the time, the same kinds of things are happening where economic development somehow could happen without sustaining resources. And you just, that's not possible. In order to develop, you have to sustain resources. But there was that sense at the beginning that they have to be sacrificed in order for development. We now know, most of us, that that isn't the case. And the word sustainability is really defined as the ability to meet the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their needs. So in order for us to be able to develop in the long term, we have to consider climate. Okay. So when you were in the legislature, and let's just deal specifically with the groundwater issue, because most people are now a little have a little bit of knowledge on that. How did you get from where we were 
to where we are now? Was that a, a real simple process? So you just raised your hand and said, "I've got an idea," and everybody embraced it. No, it was it was a, well, it was a long term process. First of all, it took a lot of research, and on my part, and then what I did um, was to draft a bill and take it to the legislature, and initially it failed. So the next year, I went back and I did it again. But this time, because there was a lot of public interest in water quality, I did 44 meetings across the state and talked about the importance of water quality in doing all kinds of development and supporting the lives of all of our citizens and um, took the bill to the legislature that year. And all of those people called their legislators and we passed the bill. So, but it was a process. Okay. How did the, how did the recycling issue, did, was that kind of the same process? To get the recycling issue was um, actually harder, I think, because we had to deal with more groups. Um, we actually did public forums and, and, uh, visited with groups and organizations and also businesses. And once people understood the value of recycling, saving the landfill space, protecting groundwater, all those kinds of things, then people started to understand what was happening. And when we took it to the legislature, it passed. Okay. Nice to have a couple of success stories like that. Yeah, those were a couple of big ones, and uh, they were... Long fought, but they were very, uh, very rewarding. Do you see parallels here? Yes, I do. I I see people afraid of sustainability. You know, it's like we're we're not considering the benefits, and we're also ignoring Sioux Falls is not an island. What happens in the rest of the world is going to happen to us. So if climate crisis is real, like you said, in Vermont and California, you know, sooner or later, it's going to be our turn. So it's to our benefit to get this planning process in place so that we are able to move into the future knowing that we are aware and and saving, you know, cutting down on greenhouse gases and moving toward the future. The the thing that I and we talk about the sustainability plan. Well, I'll get it out. Uh, sustainability plan, but but really, it's it's an action document. And, and we planning is great, but we got to take action. And and my sense of what Arlene's uh, was talking about the seventy one items that you folks had put together were was a plan, but basically they were action items. Correct. Right. It said implement yeah, a certain thing yeah. and educate and, uh, you know, create, whereas the framework says pursue the feasibility of implementing this thing. So yeah. the language is watered down, so there's nothing really holding their feet to the fire. Yeah. Action items are very different than doing something whenever practical. One is a commitment. The other one is an excuse, I think. Okay, okay, good. 
thank you for that. Appreciate it. I'm going to uh, bring uh, Dr. Uh, Henry Travers, Pete Travers, to me into the conversation. And um, what, as a physician, I, I know you're quote retired now, and you were a pathologist. What brings you to the table uh, with interest in this particular subject matter? Well, from from a medical point of view, of course, uh, the climate change has an effect on the health of all of us. Um, the one can do only what one can do, uh, so that the the sustainability plan, as originally proposed, um, was based on the the notion that there is a human contribution to global warming and climate change. So that that human com- uh, contribution can be addressed, and the 71 action items that were originally proposed went ahead to address that specifically. The uh, governor or the uh, mayor's uh, modification of that essentially resulted in a, a a gutting of the plan, the original plan, and no action items whatsoever. What that amounts to is is the mayor essentially selling out the citizens of Sioux Falls and our progeny uh, for a a reason that he hasn't clearly, clearly stated. We face an immediate danger, and we have, uh, through the sustainability plan, have proposed specific acts to mitigate that danger. He's rejected all of them, and I think effectively has thrown the citizens of South Dakota of uh, Sioux Falls under the bus. So, okay, don't hold back. Tell us how you feel, Pete. (laughs) So, the the other avenue that's available besides talking to the mayor is dealing with the city council, because in, in this form of government, the city council is responsible for setting policy. And clearly, at least in my mind, and if I, I hope you three will agree, that adopting a sustainability action plan is a policy decision. Okay. Okay. So how do we, it appears, at least at, as of the, this recording date, that the council has been unwilling to take this on and have it discussed in public public input, public hearings, and that kind of thing. How do we get, do you have ideas on how to make that happen? Well, we specifically asked that question um, to the, uh, like at the, uh, what do you call that thing? Coffee with the counselors on those uh, third Saturdays of every month. We asked, you know, when is this going to be brought to the council? Do you have any idea? And they said, well, it's going to be an information meeting. So that happened June 27th. It was specifically designed as information only and very clearly stated that there was no action that was being asked of the council members. Um, And that kind of sent a message to those of us that were in the audience there. that's going to be a, a task to uh, get the council to kind of wake up and say, you know, even though 
our streets aren't flooding right now, and it's not 120 degrees in Sioux Falls right now, there will be more derechos. There will be more 90-mile-an-hour winds. There will be more tornadoes, uh, droughts. uh, You know, agriculture right outside our borders is uh, going to be impacted, and we need to step up and do our part. Okay. So the Arlene is part of a, uh, with Sodak 350, but you've put together a, you've got a coalition of about uh, what? Uh, about 11 or, different groups. 11 different groups that are working on this. My understanding is that, that surveys show, uh, recent surveys show that nationally and, and in Sioux Falls, the vast majority of people want some action, some leadership shown to deal with climate change. Am I interpreting that correctly? Right. If I remember right, it was a 2021 survey done um, by the mayor's office through the sustainability efforts, you know, before the first iteration of the plan came out. And respondents to that survey, it was something like 91% felt it was very important or important or very important that their city leaders deal with sustainability issues. Okay. And and up to and up till now the only thing that we have heard from the council is one councilman simply saying that the original plan was unworkable. No specifics, just a flat out statement that it's unworkable. Who knows what that means? <laughs> uh, that's code for talk to my hand <laughs> or, or something like that. So Linda when you went and, and you were kind of the lone voice there for a while, and clearly Sodak 315 of these other groups are, are not a lone voice. There's a lot of voices obviously involved. To, to get the policymakers, the people who have the vote, to, to act on it, uh, how'd that work for you? Well, historically, the people of South Dakota have been very astute in recognizing the importance of their resources and clean water, clean air. And when those issues come up, they were very responsive. We did, um, I don't know if you remember the low-level nuclear waste site that they tried to locate in the Black Hills. Oh, yeah, way outside well, that was Provo, yeah. Right, that was something that when I was... Um, an officer in the League of Women Voters, we did um, a we did flyers and we did meetings and we did petition drives. People, people, as I said, the citizens in South Dakota are aware of what they have. They're aware of these beautiful blue skies and clean air, and 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 they want to keep it that way. And so. That keyed into all of the things that I did because when they found out what we were doing legislatively, they contacted their legislators. And that's how those bills got passed. Public sentiment makes everything happen. Without it, nothing happens. So, you know, and, and the people, as far as, as everything I've done on natural resource issues, the public has always understood the importance of that balance, and they were always there. Okay, okay. 
take heart, Arlene. It can happen. Okay. <laughs> Linda said so. It will. It will happen. Yes. And Righteousness will prevail. That's right. Pete, from from your vantage point, what do you see? What would you like to see happen next? I mean, we're having this conversation now. I'm sure there's other people in Sioux Falls that are having conversations about the issue. Maybe not in the depth that we're having, but what do you what do you want to see happen next? I would like to see uh, a, a a public discussion, um, preferably at the city council, and without without the limits of time, where you can ask uh, questions about um, the direction that the city has taken thus far and actually get straight answers from them. Real reasons rather than uh, the, the mayor's, I changed my mind. Uh, why did you change your mind? What was influencing you? Why do you think this plan is unworkable, city councilman? Uh, what specifically is is there? Is it is it a budget issue? Um, is it uh, the fact that there are people in the background who are publicly saying one thing but privately saying another? Um, are there people that are influencing you that we don't know about uh, as a public, as we the people, and we we need to know that because. After all, it is we the people who are going to be the most severely impacted if you do nothing. The harms, the harms that can come from this uh, are, are significant if you do nothing. So following the, the news stories out of uh, Texas primarily, but other states, this heat dome thing and the the number of people, the number of deaths, number one, of course, has gone up dramatically. But the number of hospitalizations has gone up like quadrupled and stuff, all because of heat. And I'm assuming that when we have long stretches of heat, things here that that happens in our hospitals, it just doesn't make the news. Oh, it 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 will uh, the. The problem with heat primarily is that people, many people have no way to get relief from it. And even those that do strain an electrical grid, uh, as, as happened in Texas a couple of years ago, where, in fact, even if you had air conditioning, you couldn't access it simply because you had no electricity to, to run it. So you put a significant uh, segment of the population at risk, mostly elderly folks, but also, um, also children, and something we don't think of often, but animals, our pets, are at significant risk in, in, in heat. And as you've seen in the, in the newspaper uh, and on uh, TV, we've had the hottest year since we began recording yes. temperatures on the planet mm-hmm. ever in the, last, in the last week. We've had the hottest day ever recorded well that's that's a trend (laughs) yes and a very disturbing one very disturbing one the purpose of this discussion is to just make you um, a little bit more aware of what's going on around you and we all realize that everybody has their lives to lead and and talking about climate change and stuff is not necessarily top of mind awareness 
for you. But this is real, it's happening, and it's going to continue happening. The question becomes, how do we as individuals and how do we as a society and how does our government respond to that? And there are plenty of people that are working diligently to have the government, uh, particularly city government, be much more proactive in their actions. And uh, as this topic continues to unfold, uh, we'll keep you posted and you'll be hearing more from us and others about sustainability. This is The Power of We, brought to you by Change Agents of South Dakota. I'm Rick Novi. See you soon.